listening to Sandoval Bench Podcast. I'm your host, Daniel Sandoval. Thanks for joining me for this week's episode. Had to do another uh, another episode, um, a follow-up from last week, because the, the standings as they were, they changed a bit. So uh, this is the playoff preview 2.0 episode. And then um, also get into the uh, Basketball Hall of Fame enshrinement ceremony. And then also the they named the... Um, uh, the people who are getting in for this next year. So first, I want to talk about the enshrinement. Um, it was a great ceremony. You know, um, I think I only listed a few of the people who were there that was on the top of my head last time. Uh, so the full list was Kobe Bryant, Tim Duncan, Kevin Garnett, Eddie Sutton, uh, Rudy Tomjanovich, uh, Tamika Catchings, Kim Mulkey, Barbara Stevens, and Patrick Bauman. And yeah, it was a, it was a pretty emotional ceremony for sure. Uh, for me, you know, watching um, Kobe Bryant's wife, Vanessa Bryant, you know, give the speech. And then uh, Michael Jordan was actually presenting. So he ex- escorted her up there and was standing up there with her. And she just, she had such great poise, though, in that moment. And, you know, a lot of people were watching and she held it together and just was a, a powerful speech there. And, man, it was it was a good, good ceremony, but it just sucks that... Um, yeah, that he wasn't there, you know, we were all looking forward to his speech and in that moment for him because, you know, he was just uh, the ultimate competitor and then you're finally there in the in the Hall of Fame and, and you get to uh, enjoy that moment as a whole. And then, uh, you know, Tim Duncan was there. He never talks. I haven't heard him talk that much. Um, and, you know, he had no speech prepared, but he just started talking. And um, I didn't know that he was actually training to be, he wanted to be an Olympic swimmer before, uh, pursuing basketball because his sister was an Olympic swimmer. But then there was a hurricane because he's from the Virgin Islands and there was a hurricane that destroyed the pool that was in his town and it never got rebuilt. So then he just switched to basketball. And his parents don't know anything about basketball at all. And then when he went to Wake Forest and he was drafted, Greg Popovich actually went down there, sat with his dad at the table, met all his family and his friends, and really got to know who Tim Duncan was and wanted to know him. And, you know, he thought that was a normal thing, but, you know, it's just different. And Popovich was different. And that was, um, you know, I just thought about my mom when I uh, watched that speech because she was such a big Spurs fan. And then they showed uh, Tony Parker and Ginobili. And, you know, I just remember her yelling, Ginobili, for uh, for all the playoff games. And then uh, Greg Popovich is just a, uh, you know, favorite coach. And, you know, he's such a great coach, too. And uh, you could see that that relationship that uh, Tim Duncan and Pop have. And, you know, he skipped a game on – they had a game on Saturday, the Spurs did, and he skipped it to be there in, in person at that ceremony. Um, so, yeah, it was it was, a, it was great to watch all them um, go up there. And then uh, Kevin Garnett had his speech, too. Kevin Garnett, he didn't – uh, he, he didn't mention Ray Allen at all, but he he mentioned Paul Pierce and he mentioned the Celtics. So, you know, there's still some animosity there <laughs> for Ray Allen. Um, and then as far as an, uh, the, the enshrinement for next season, got to pull up the list up here. But from what I remember, it was uh, Ben Wallace got in. Uh, Chris Webber finally got in. And then Rick Adelman, Chris Bosh. Paul Pierce, Bill Russell as a coach, Jay Wright as a coach, a coach of Villanova, and then I think that was it. Um, so this is an interesting. Oh, and then uh, Yolanda Griffith, uh, in the women's side, uh, Lauren Jackson, 
Val Ackerman, Cotton Fitzsimmons, Howard Garfinkel, Clarence Fats Jenkins. It's a great, great nickname there. Um, and then uh, Tony Kukoc of the he played with the Chicago Bulls, and he's as as the international committee direct elect. And then I think, and then a uh, veterans committee direct elects. You got uh, Bob Dandridge. Not sure who that is a uh, Pearl Moore, and then that's the whole class right there. Uh, but yeah, I thought it was interesting for. I know it's kind of controversial for. Ben Wallace to get in, and then also uh, Chris Weber. I guess you know you could say Chris Bosch too, and Paul Pierce. I don't know. I know the, there's people who could go both ways on those. For Ben Wallace, you know he never averaged double digit points his entire career. He's very limited offensively. Probably one of the worst free throw shooters of all time. But he's also one of the best defensive players of all time, especially a defensive big. What he did to Shaq in the uh, 2004 Finals against the Lakers. I think he won Defensive Player of the Year four times. Um, he was All-NBA first team. I want to say it was six times, too. Maybe I should look this up. Um, so his, if you want to talk about impact in a game, he had a defensive impact there. He was the anchor for those those Detroit Pistons teams. And you know he wasn't drafted out of... Uh, out of Virginia, I believe, of Virginia Union. And, you know, he had a short run there. He kind of started deteriorating pretty quickly after that, um, after his run with the, the Pistons ended. But, yeah, four-time All-Star. Uh, he won the championship in 2004, four-time Defensive Player of the Year, uh, two-time rebounding champ, uh, five-time All-Star. Or no. Oh, no, five-time All-NBA. Sorry about that. Uh, six-time All-Defensive Team. And then led the league in in blocks for one year. So, you know, I think when you look at specialists, you know, people, we just elected, we elected Rodman into the Hall of Fame. And I know Rodman is head and shoulders above Ben Wallace as far as uh, defensive players go. But I think Ben Wallace is in, in that conversation, right? As best uh, defensive players when you when you try to put a list together in your head. I think of Ben Wallace, you think of Rodman as far as rebounding and then as far as, um, you know, that defensive presence there. And Ben Wallace does, does similar things that he did. You know, maybe Rodman was a better rebounder or stuff like that, but um, Rodman's career ended in a flash similar to, to Ben Wallace as well. But, you know, I think if you have Rodman in there, you got to have Ben Wallace in there, you know, because Rodman, had, to a certain point, he was just – a non-factor offensively, you know, except when he was with the Pistons early on, you know, he, he was, he was younger and trying to score and stuff. And, um, but after that, he wasn't doing anything offensively. He was just trying to get the ball to who he needed to get some fouls, get some rebounds and get some blocks and, you know, die for loose balls and stuff like that. So I think Ben Wallace should be in the hall of fame. Um, a lot of people are making the case for Rashid now. Um, you know, he, he had a, he had a good career, but you know, he, he didn't, I don't know. See that that's just where it's at, as I guess, as far as conversation goes. Because you know the uh, basketball Hall of Fame, they let different people in. They they consider your college career, and they consider you know contributions to the game. They consider you as a coach, like all different aspects, unlike like football or baseball or anything like that. So it seems like 
your resume doesn't have to be as extensive for you to get into the Hall of Fame. So I guess, you know, if they let Ben Wallace in, you can let Rashid in because then it's like you're asking, like, who would you rather have, Rashid Wallace or Ben Wallace on your team? And I, I think I'd rather have Rashid. So does that make him a more quality Hall of Famer than Ben Wallace? Like, I guess maybe it does. So I don't, I don't know. I, I guess I'm not sure what the criteria is, especially if people are, are saying Ben Wallace isn't a Hall of Famer, but then Dennis Rodman is. So I'm not sure about that. And then Chris Webber, he finally got in. He had to wait eight years, you know, which I don't know. It, it seems right, I guess. Because um, he, if you think about his career in college when he was in Michigan with the Fab Five, they were iconic. They changed the way players dressed, the way they cut their hair, and like the whole freshman thing with, you know, they're all starting as freshmen and they're playing together and they're friends and they kind of recruited each other. They they put that on the map with, with uh, college basketball. They made that the thing because before it was like four or five-year seniors who were the starters and, you know, they were just play in college those all those years and then they wouldn't go to the nba they'd get their degree and then go whatever in business you know most of them wouldn't make it um that far but now you know with the fab five you had them playing as as freshmen and then you know playing against duke and and going to the championship and stuff you know they didn't end up winning and you had chris weber with that timeout situation when he called timeout i think it was against north carolina and then they didn't have timeout and then you had the boosters issue. So he had he had a lot of issues there. And then, you know, in the NBA, he had scandals here and there. And he just didn't handle things the way he should have. You know, and then he had that his rookie year with the Warriors. He signed a one-year deal. And then uh, he ended up opting out of the deal. And then he went with Washington to play with Juwan. So, you know, you look at stuff like that. He didn't quite live up to his potential. But when he was at his peak, he was he was great. And he was basically unstoppable. And then he had his those years with Sacramento. He was the best player on that team that almost went to the finals. If you want to blame Tim Donaghy or not, you know you can. Um, but that that that's one of those teams. That's another iconic team, pretty much. Like for if you go think about the best teams who didn't win a championship, the Sacramento Kings are up there. Those Phoenix Suns teams with Steve Nash are up there. The We Believe Warriors are there. Um, you know, there's there's a handful of teams that are there who you think about. You know the the Allen Iverson Sixers that didn't win, that they win, they they lost in uh, five games to the Lakers. Um, you know, there, there's certain teams like that who, who just resonate with you as teams that, you know, were fun to watch but didn't quite get there uh, to win the championship. You know, you have the Utah Jazz, the Sonics with Gary Payton and um, and Sean Camp. And, yeah, see, so there, there's a lot there. And I think they're, the those Kings teams are part of that. Then he was part of the iconic team with Michigan, and he was like the best. He was the best player on that team, and so I think when you look at it from that perspective, he's a Hall of Famer. You know, he didn't he didn't quite get to where he needed to. I don't believe. You know, I think he could have taken care of his body a little bit more and, and extended his career. Tried to, but you know, he got injured and it kind of ended quickly. Um, you know, he he went back home towards the end, went to Detroit, and then went back to Golden State. And like Warriors fans were supposed to be like, oh, okay, it's all good now after you left us like that. But um, yeah, I, I believe he's a Hall of Famer. And then um, Paul Pierce, you know, he had a run there, like early 2000s. Like he just wasn't getting his respect before he won that championship. He was putting up good numbers. They just weren't winning. I think they won like 13 games or something, but like a couple of years before they brought in Kevin Garnett and, and Ray Allen. But you know, that was all based on him wanting to be there and, and, you know, kind of taking a lesser role and stuff. But, you know, he was a scorer, man. He was a scorer. He got that, that finals MVP in the championship. And, 
you know, I'm okay with him being there because he had a he had a really good career. You know, people he gets overlooked a lot, and especially when he was on countdown, he'd say some some ridiculous stuff. But you know, I I think that's separate. Um, and yeah, so I think he's also a Hall of Famer. And Chris Bosh, I guess yeah, Chris ba- Chris Bosh is one too. See, it just it feels like you're like okay when you think about someone's career, you you um you kind of break it down. You're like, all right, well, I think they're a Hall of Famer, but. Uh, Chris Bosch, you know, when he came out and you know, he went to Toronto, he went to Georgia Tech um, and then was in Toronto. He was the number one guy there. And, you know, whenever they made the playoffs, they'd be, they'd be out in the first round or, you know, they barely missed the playoffs. But he was he was averaging a double-double there for a while, making multiple all-stars. And then him going to Miami and taking that reduced role, and he had to really accept less and then, you know, just kind of do all the little things and take a backseat to LeBron and D Wade and and really be the driving force in certain situations for them to win that series. He get, you know you think about that rebound he got in, uh, in that series against the Spurs was that twenty twelve I want to say and then he kicks it out to Ray Allen who hits that that shot and then they win um, that next game. But you know I I think he is you know because if he doesn't if he stays in Toronto like. I think he continues putting up those big numbers and stuff, and um, I'm not sure if he wins a championship, and that, I guess that's where you kind of think about it. But um, his career was cut short, though, you know, with those blood clots, and and I think it was 31, I believe, when he had to he had to call it quits, 32, and you know he had a chance to go back with the Lakers, and you know I think LeBron wanted him, but then the doctors didn't clear him. So then he probably would have won another championship with the Lakers with LeBron because they they were trying to get him that first year. So um, I think overall, yeah, Chris Bosh, I think he's a Hall of Famer as well. And then um, you look at the way he changed. He kind of changed the position for like a, a power forward. He changed that you have to spread the floor. He started shooting threes. You know, they started doing small ball lineups and um, just the way that he, he he played outside in instead of inside out. And then you started seeing more bigs do that. And then when the Cavaliers brought in uh, Kevin Love to play with LeBron, they tried to do the same thing, but he just it just wasn't working for him. And he kind of adjusted now. He's, he's shooting more threes and stuff. But um, So when you look at it from that perspective as well, is that, yeah, he, he changed the way that, that bigs play in the league uh, pretty much, him and... Um, you know, other guys like that who uh, were good shooters, and, and he was a good shooter. He, he you know, had that mid-range shot. And then, and then now you see bigs who who have a better handle than Chris Bosh did, and now they're just they're playing, like, you know, uh, point forwards or center or point centers, and, and they're running the offense now. So it kind of evolved a little bit more even after Chris Bosh. But, um, yeah, I guess I would say that all those uh, guys are Hall of Famers and, um, you know, in their own way. So you have to look at their entire career, every form of basketball that they played, and because you know, but the basketball Hall of Fame is just a lot different than um, the other Hall of Fames. And then, you know, there was a lot of talk about I forgot who it was, but someone brought up uh, Robert Ory, and they said that Robert Ory should be in the Hall of Fame. Now, Robert Ory has won seven championships. He won with the Spurs the Rockets and the Lakers and in lots of those games he has big shot that's why they call him big shot Bob you know he's part of a few dynasties and you know it could be good timing and you know he just he was able to get open 
at certain times and hit the shot. You know, he did play with guys like Tim Duncan. He played with uh, Ginobili, Parker. He played with Kobe. He played with Shaq. He played with Akeem. He played with Hall of Fame players, like just great, all-time great players. And then so if the defense presents itself in a certain way where you can't get those guys ball in a certain way in a certain time in the game, then then Robert Ory is open. But Robert Ory, like during the regular season, he was just non-existent. And so I guess, you know, you can say he's like one of the greatest clutch players of all time or something like that. Or, you know, um, he's the best role player ever. He's just like a, a just a souped up role player. But that's what he was. He was a role player. He was never the number one guy, never led anyone by himself. And I just I just think like you should I don't think he should be in the Hall of Fame because of just because he has the, the seven championships. You got I I know he he they won those championships because of him. I get that. But I mean if he's not there, do you think they still win it? Like there's probably two championships that you could take away from um from him if if he wasn't there like uh from from Tim Duncan, you know, the, he made that one against the Spurs or with the Spurs and then the other ones with the Lakers like they won a couple of those because of him. But I think overall like I don't know, I just I can't I can't bring myself to to say that he's he's a Hall of Famer. I guess like they probably would bring, put him in there cuz you know you you already hear people talking about like, "Oh, he's a, he's a Hall of Famer." It's like, "Well, I just I don't think so, man." Cuz then if you let Robert Ory in you gotta let like every every role player in now. It's like you gotta let Lou Williams in now because he won six man of the year, and then you gotta like Jamal Crawford. Like those guys aren't Hall of Famers. And I think the numbers, of how many points Robert Ory scored? It's like eight thousand career points. Like come on, like, what are we talking about here? You know he he does have seven rings, but he he he's not like an MVP type player or. You know, this multi-time all-star, you know, you're not buying a ticket to go see Robert Ory. There you go. I'll tell you that. And maybe, I don't know what, like, what's the criteria of these people voting just because someone has a bunch of championships, but like, you know, everything in context, right? Or because someone was a great scorer, coach, like, I don't know. That's that's just what it is. It's like, what are we, what are we basing it off of, you know? Okay, so an, an update to the NBA playoffs and the matchups, uh, the, the Last few games, there was a, a couple tank jobs. You had the Clippers blowing two games because they didn't want to face the Lakers on their side of the bracket. So uh, they're ducking from the Lakers. And then you have the Nuggets. They they basically blew the game against Portland because they're playing Portland anyway. Um, and so they let Portland win that one. And then who else? Uh, someone else was tanking too. Um, I think that might be it. But... Um, so you have the first play-in games are, are tomorrow. You have the East. I think Indiana and Charlotte, they play at 3.30, or 3.30 uh, Pacific time, which is crazy. Like I'm not going to be able to watch that, but um, I'll have to record it and watch it later tomorrow. And then you have uh, the Celtics and uh, the the Wizards. Man, the Celtics, they just look like they're, they've completely given up. They also were one of the teams that tanked uh, that last game. I guess because they were already locked in for the plane, so might as well get some rest. Um, but you know they have they're missing Jalen Brown, so I I just I don't see them beating Washington, and they just look like mentally defeated. They have no toughness or anything. They're just they're just not they're just not in it. 
Um, so I, I expect some big changes from them in the off season. So uh, Washington, though, that that when they win, they'll be a, uh, a the the seven seed, right? And the seven seed plays the two seed, which is Brooklyn Nets. So we'll get Russell Westbrook against uh, Kevin Durant and his former teammate. Uh, James Harden, so that'll be exciting. Um, I, I'm looking forward to that. And then in the other playing game tomorrow, we have Charlotte, Indiana. Gordon Hayward is out. Um, he's had a good season, averaging uh, just over 19 points per game. And yeah, I, I don't know. That one could go either way. I'll, I'll say Charlotte just because I like watching them watch them play, and I want to see um, I want to see them move on. Um, so they would be the eight seed. And they would play uh, Philly, who's a one seed. And Philly's sweeping whoever they play, for sure. So then you have Washington and Brooklyn in the first round. And that's tough. You know, I think they can go six games, maybe. You know, I think the uh, Bradley Beal and, and Westbrook Tandem could get a couple wins there. And But, you know, overall, just Brooklyn's a better team than they are. Um, so... That's for the first the first seed and the second seed matchups. And then then you have the New York Knicks at fourth and then Atlanta Hawks at fifth. Um, I, I think this was what I, I had talked about uh, the last episode because they were also matched up there. So, um, But, yeah, I would have the Knicks winning that one. You know, I just think they're they're a better team uh, defensively. And, you know, the Hawks, they got to be – they can't get some any stops there. They do have some injuries. But, uh, but man, they're a deep team, though. So if – Trey Young is on and and he's able to hit his shots and and move the ball, get some assists and stuff. Then you know I think they can win, but I don't see the consistency there. Um, so I'll say the Knicks are going to win that one, and I'm happy for New York. I I really hope they uh, you know they make it to the second round at least. Their ticket prices for the playoff game I saw was like, like over a thousand dollars each or something crazy like that. Um, it's been a long time, so you know James Dolan's going to try to gouge his his last fans that he has. Uh, Milwaukee and, and Miami is very interesting to me. You know, you have Milwaukee. They added some guys, P.J. Tucker, uh, Drew Holiday. You know, so they're a little bit of a different team, right? You know, defensively, they got some. They got a little bit tougher there. Uh, but Miami had their number last season. You know, they, they played them later in the playoffs, and, you know, they did beat them. But this Miami team is also different, too. You know, they they haven't really been there. Tyler Hero, you know, he's, his shots just haven't fallen, right? And then... Um, you know, they had a lot of COVID issues and I think, you know, maybe they're finally fully healthy. You know, Jimmy Butler's looking a lot better. Um, I don't think it'll be a complete repeat of, of last season. I do think as far as the end result, yes, I think the Miami Heat are going to win because I'm not a full believer in Milwaukee yet until they, they make a deep run in the playoffs and Giannis hasn't proven that yet. Um, it won't be as easy for Miami. I'll say that. Um, so I, I think, you know, close six, seven games for sure. Uh, but I have that going to Miami. And then um, as far as, you know, for conference finals, I'll skip over the next ones. Um, I think it'll be uh, Brooklyn, Philly, like I said last time. And, you know, Philly defensively, that's that's where that's where they excel, you know, with Embiid and Ben Simmons. Uh, but I, I just think there's too much firepower there in Brooklyn. Comes down to injuries for Brooklyn. Um, so I'll still have uh, the Brooklyn Nets in the in the finals, and then as far as the West goes, um, for the playing tournament, you have the Lakers and the Warriors playing each other on Wednesday, which is is going to be a great matchup. LeBron already came out and said that uh, Steph Curry's MVP in his eyes, he's had the best season. 
which you know he has had the best season. He he's you know he won the scoring title and everything, but um, you know and he, he proved his doubters wrong because a lot of people early in the season they were saying Steph Curry's getting exposed because uh, Clay Clay Thompson he's out again with the, a season-ending injury with his uh, Achilles, and you know they're like okay well you know they're they're out you know people were already you know saying that they're out they're not gonna make the playoffs at all. Um, but you know those first few games are getting blown out by Milwaukee, getting blown out by by Brooklyn, and you know because they had a lot of young guys. You know they still have those young guys, but now they've they've really learned how to play together and really learned how to play with Steph. And I think it all comes down to Steph Curry and Draymond Green. The the way that Draymond is able to get Steph open is is unmatched. Like their chemistry is crazy. Like because you know they play together for so long, so they know how to like how to get Steph Curry open what Draymond needs to do and Draymond just coaches up the other guys and they just let Steph Curry to do his thing and they're peaking at the right time and I just I think uh you know the the first and the second seed are on upset alert for the for the Warriors and the Lakers uh because I have so this first game I have uh, the Lakers winning which makes them the seventh seed and then they'll play Phoenix and then Memphis and the Spurs, this doesn't matter, but I, I guess Memphis will win. Spurs have been struggling lately. So then that'll be a rematch for Golden State and Memphis. And, you know, Memphis hasn't been able to stop Steph Curry. So I have the Warriors beating Memphis, and then that makes them the eighth seed, and they're going to play Utah. Now, I think for Utah, they're – their biggest issue right now is like we haven't seen Donovan Mitchell play in a while. Mike Conley, you know, they're still a deep team and the the way they play, they move the ball and you know they have a lot of motion, kind of similar to what the Warriors do, right? And I just think um, with with Draymond, he can handle Rudy Gobert. You know, they can do things with him. They bring him out, you know, further out in the hoop. They'll just do a pick and roll or they'll do some one on one action with him and Steph Curry and. He'll just embarrass Rudy Gobert. You know, I don't, I don't, I don't think Rudy Gobert can can stop them like that. Um, so actually, I would have, you know, I'm gonna be crazy. I'm, maybe I'm a prisoner of the moment, but I have the Warriors beating the the Utah Jazz in the first round because I just I think the way that they're playing right now is just it's it's just beautiful to watch because they're just like so in tune with each other. And with Steph Curry, he's just on fire right now. He's unstoppable. And I, I don't see that change in the playoffs. And the X factor really for me is Andrew Wiggins. He has developed into a really nice player, right? Like not he's not great or anything, but if he's able to keep his consistency in a playoff series, you know, you just need him to just have a hot four games, five games in that series, you know, defensively and offensively, you know, get some rebounds and, you know, just really – just really be there, be a, a strong presence there, and then with all the other role players chipping in, I think they could beat the Jazz. You know, the Jazz they haven't proven anything in the playoffs yet. You know, we last year they just, they lost seven games against in the first round against the Nuggets, and then um, now they're, they're the number one seed. But I mean, that was it. You know, we've are, we've seen with Steph Curry and Draymond Green and some of those other guys and Steve Kerr, we we've seen what they can do in an important playoff series and i just i i can't bet against that and i would i would kill not wouldn't kill but i would i would give clay thompson my achilles if if he if he was able to be healthy and, and play in the playoffs because man if can you imagine this team if if clay thompson was fully healthy like they would be 
top four in the West right now, easily. You know, and so that's why I'm excited for next year. And and even with with uh, the injury to James Wiseman, and you know they they've had some guys in and out, you know, of the lineup, and um, you know they have some a couple two way players, but. You know, Steph Curry for this series, he's going to have to average 40. I will say that. He's going to have to go on an Allen Iverson 2001 um, NBA Finals run, you know, where it was just like him against everybody. And then they went over, they played the Lakers, and then they got they lost, you know. But Allen Iverson was going out there. He was trying to score 40, 50 on your head and, and you know, and get, and get, get that team elevated and get them to the next round. And I think Steph could do that because, you know what, Steph Curry has been playing better than Allen Iverson did that season, you know, he's not going to win MVP because it's going to be Jokic, but it, like numbers wise and like the shots that he's been making and he's just been better, I think. So um, he's going to have to go on that sort of run. So for the first round, I have the Warriors beating the number one uh, Utah Jazz in the West. And then as far as the Lakers, who, who the hell on that team on the, on the Phoenix Suns team is going to stop Anthony Davis? It's not going to be DeAndre Ayton slow ass. Chris Paul, he's going to do his thing, um, you know, and then Booker's going to do his thing. But they need to be able, as a team, they need to be able to stop Anthony Davis and LeBron. And I just don't see that happening. You know, um, LeBron and AD in spots, you know, I don't know injury-wise if they're able to, uh, you know, lock down defensively. But in, in certain situations, they can they can D you up, you know. And, and they're actually rated as the best defensive team in the NBA. And that's why I have them beating the Warriors in the playing tournament. But... Um, as far as against the Suns, you know, the Suns, Chris Paul has had a great season. You know, he's going to have some MVP votes and stuff, but and he's elevated that team. He really has. But, you know, they got a lot of young guys there who are unproven. And I, I got to see you go on a deep run here and there for me to actually trust you as a whole. You know, I, I trust Chris Paul. You know, there was times where I didn't, but I, I do now. You know, in the past I didn't, but with the Rockets, you know, he showed that he can be there. And, you know, he's really elevated that group. But um, the Lakers, I feel like they've been kind of hiding or pretending like LeBron's been injured. Like, oh, I'm, I'm good. I'm not going to be 100%. He's been kind of da- – he's been, like, you know, talking up his injuries and stuff and, and AD too. And and then, you know, Schroeder was out. You know, so they're getting rest, man. They're getting rest. And I think they're going to be ready. And I think they want Phoenix too because they're just, like, they're salivating. They're ready for Phoenix. And they're going to – I think they're going to beat uh, Phoenix in six games – and uh, which should be kind of crazy. You have those two teams beating the one and the two seeds, but the one and the two, they're, they're just unproven. And you have two, two championship uh, type teams or like player championship players on those teams. Well, the Lakers just won. And then uh, in the Warriors, you have championship players with Draymond and Steph and, and some guys in, and I just think you can't, you can't, you can't bet against that. Like it's hard to bet against Steph Curry, like, you know, two time MVP and just like just a prolific player. And then, LeBron James, you know, you can't, I'm just not going to do that. I'm not going to bet against Tom Brady anymore. I'm not going to bet against LeBron anymore. I I have no confidence, though, in any of my my Western Conference picks because then when you get down uh, to this next matchup, you have four and five, you have the Clippers and the the Mavericks, and then three and six, you got the Denver Nuggets and the Portland Trailblazers. And... You know, with the Blazers, I had them as a second seed. I'm like, oh, they're going to make the conference finals. They started sounding like Charles Barkley, just wrong all the time. Um, you know, they, they've they just been kind of struggling, you know, offensively. They've been kind of up and down. But 
but I think they can exploit the absence of Jamal Murray. I know on a couple of past episodes, as far as matchups go, I said, you know, the Nuggets can make a deep run without Jamal Murray because Jokic is their best guy. And who's going to guard Jokic? But in this particular series, it's all about matchups, right? And you have, like, no one, no one's going to be able to, um, you know, go shot for shot with Damian Lillard and, and CJ McCollum. Right, you can. I mean, you can talk about Jokic, but he's in the postseason and now. You know, he's, do, he's doing different things. You know, there's not going to be a guard that's going to be able to, you know, match that with them. Um, or you know, it could be Michael Porter Jr. Right, you know, he's got to. He's got to really. He he has taken that next step. He's shown it uh, during the regular season, but he's got to do it in the playoffs too. Right, and Aaron Gordon, he has to also do that. So it has to be those three guys um, need to be great for them to beat um, the Blazers. But then on the Blazers' side, I'm really looking at Nurkic. You know, if he's healthy and he's able to, uh, you know, minimize Jokic, like, he's not going to be able to shut him down, but just minimize him a bit, you know, get him 20, 25 points, whatever, and then make other guys beat him. Make You want to make, I guess, maybe make Michael Porter Jr. beat you, you know, because he, he probably can, though. I'm a big fan of Michael Porter, actually. Um, but I'll say... I'll have I, you know it's this is tough. I could go either way on this one, and you know, like I said, I don't I have no confidence in these next uh, these next picks. Uh, but I'll say Portland. I'll stick to kind of what I was saying earlier in the season. But it's tough because you know I I do really like uh, like the Nuggets and I like like the West. There's this deep man, some tough teams there. But I'll I'll say Portland's gonna beat Denver. You know they they did beat them in 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 seven games. Was it last year in the bubble? Or was that the year before? Or something like that. But um, yeah, it'll be close, and I think you know this this series particular will be uh, they'll really miss Jamal Murray, um, and I don't think they have the guard play to really make up for that. You know, you can't have Jokic playing uh, you know point center the whole time. Um, and then moving to the next series, you have uh, the Clippers and and the the Mavericks. You know, the Clippers have have pretty much had uh, the Mavericks number all season long. Um, I think it's just gonna be pretty much Luca versus. Luca by himself trying to beat Kawhi Leonard and Paul George. Um, you know, Paul George doesn't really need to uh, to be up to, like the main scorer. It could be Kawhi, but um, they've been kind of you know taking a backseat, but just kind of coasting towards the end. You know, uh, trying to get some rest here and there. Uh, I think the Clippers are going to win like kind of easily, actually, maybe five six games, um, unless Luca just goes crazy. But you know, he he's been inconsistent. His three point shot is getting better, which you know that's what he needed to work on. Um, so look for that uh, to improve a little bit more. Then after that, you would have the Clippers playing uh, the Warriors and the to uh, for a chance to go to the conference finals. I just don't think the Warriors would have enough uh, firepower to match with Kawhi Leonard and Paul George and all those guys there. Because um, you know they've they've actually defended Steph Curry pretty well this season. Uh, so have the Lakers. Um, so that's why I have uh, the Lakers beating them. But, um, yeah, so I think the Clippers would win. I'd give them six games. And then on the other side, you'd have uh, Portland and the Lakers winning or playing again for a chance to go to the conference finals. And then I would have uh, the Lakers winning that one. And then after that, the conference finals would be the Clippers playing the Lakers. So, the Clippers just avoided the Lakers as, as much as possible to try to play them as late as possible, and then they would end up playing them in the conference finals. Um, I didn't in the beginning of the season. I didn't really have the Clippers playing them in the conference finals, but just the way you know matchup wise, the way all these teams match up with these first round 
uh, opponents. It just uh, I figure it might might go that way. Um, so then, yeah, I have the I still have the Lakers and the Nets. I'm not going to change my uh, my preseason pick. Um, and then I have the Lakers in six games. And yeah, I think that I think that'll be exciting playoffs. But I'm I'm excited. Uh, no NBA tonight, Monday night. Um, so tomorrow we'll have a couple games, and then Wednesday a couple games, and then that last playing game will be on Friday uh, of this week, and then the playoffs will start. So uh, thanks for joining me. This the um, the playoff preview 2.0 after the updated standings. And yeah, after everything gets kind of settled, um, I'll, I'll be back to talk more uh, NBA playoffs. So thank you.